All right, good morning. <laughs> How's everyone doing? Good, 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 good. My, my mechanism for nervousness is, is confidence. So never make them feel like you are anxious. So how are you? Let me behave, let me behave. Um, uh, Mamnon was visiting us from the Eastern Cape, so I have to behave. I'd just love to honor Kulani's mom who's here with us. Just wave, Mama. <laughs> welcome, Mama. You are most welcome. We are happy to have you here. Uh, we do have a couple of empty, uh, uh, empty seats due to the long weekend. The people from Limpopo went home. So that's, that's why there are a couple of chairs missing, um, you know, a couple, you know, couple of empty bodies. And uh, if anyone is from Limpopo and you feel a bit offended, the question you should ask yourself is, am I lying, though? <laughs> so it has, it, it has been a long weekend. Um, some of us only found out a bit later. Um, yeah, sometimes when you're a parent, a long weekend is the worst thing for you, actually. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just leaking. I'm leaking all my issues out this morning. Chamber's not here. So I'm just going to leak all my issues out this morning. Uh, amen. Amen to renewing. Amen to refreshing, Lord. More sleep, Jesus. Come against any alarm clock and snooze button, Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. This morning, <clears throat> we are starting a new series, um, a new series for the next couple of weeks, and, and it's, quite a, uh, it's quite a tricky series because there's so much info that you could put into a series such as this. Uh, but the main heart of it and the main underlining uh, um, desire that we, we had as a leadership team, and with even help from elders, um, is uh, a series on relationships, and our series that we'll be doing for a couple of weeks is called Situationships, a.k.a. Entanglements, <laughs> a.k.a. Bridging Courses to Commitment. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm, get, I'm getting in there, but one of the things before I enter in, the, the song we sang, the song we sang, um, there's a part of scripture in Psalm 23, the end part of scripture in, Psalm, in, the, in the Psalm 23 that says that uh, your goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Your goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And a lot of times we want, we want God's goodness to chase us and a lot of people say, a lot of people would even say from just the intent of their heart is that, you know what, God's goodness is chasing you. And I just want to differentiate between chase and follow. You see, when something is chasing you, that means that there's an immediate effect of, the, there's, there's an, uh, a, a level of urgency um, and a level of short-term urgency that it's going to get to what it's chasing. So there's no direction in which it's going or anything like that, but it's chasing a particular object. So even when you were playing in school, when you were chasing a friend, you did not know where the friend was running to. Your immediate goal was to chase, to cover that distance between you and that friend. Amen? The difference with following is that 
Following is a long-term thing. So when God's goodness is following us, it means that there's a place that God is guiding us to. And it's going to take a while, but it doesn't matter because the goodness of God will always be following. It's not an immediate, it's not an urgent, it's something that's always with you wherever you go. What I'm trying to say is then don't stop moving forward. Because that's how it follows you. For you to follow something, it means that something in front of you is moving. Amen? Amen. Do not stop. Wherever you are right now, you might be going through a tough time. Do not stop moving. You might be struggling with a couple of things in your mind or your family, work. Do not stop moving forward. God's goodness follows you. Amen? Amen. That's not the sermon, by the way. It was just something that, that hit me. I wish it was the sermon, but... Let me just check with the media team. It's fine if I'm moving up. I know you're recording. It's fine if I'm moving, moonwalk, sidestep. Okay, cool, cool. Awesome, awesome. <clears throat> when you grow up as an independent child, you, you develop an unhealthy relationship with isolation. You grow accustomed to knowing the sobering fact that nothing, nothing in the world is going to come save you. You are the be-all and end-all of what you are seeking for. Okay? No one is going to come help you with anything. I started, grade, I started boarding school when I was in grade R. So I'm very accustomed to this. You see, independence is highly praised in society highly praised in society because it gives the illusion that you are strong. The more independent you are, the more stronger you are. Are we on the same page? And it's such a terrible illusion. You see, interdependence says that we are both healthy, but when I am weak, Kulani, you can be strong. When I am strong, it allows you to be weak. Independence says that for this relationship to work, none of us can be weak. We always have to be strong. I used to frustrate my wife quite a lot because I would build systems in the home and in my marriage to make sure that she does not need me. So I would always make sure that they see, okay, guys, I'm doing things this way. Now, you don't need to keep calling me to come and do it. I've done it, so can you do it this way? I would put that in parenting as well. Why do you guys always need me to? I've done this. You guys must just follow. God visited me one day and said, why are you trying so hard to make your wife independent off of you? When you chose to be a father, you are, you, you are a father Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. You are not trying to work yourself out of the job. That is what you are for the rest of your life. When you said you're going to be a husband, you're going to be a husband Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Do not try to outsource your job to your wife. That's what you are consistently supposed to do for the rest of your life. What I'm trying to say to you is that just because you survived childhood, it does not mean you are healthy. You see, the problem... <clears throat> The most, 
It's amazing. The, the most healthiest relationship in the universe is the Trinity. The reason why that is the most healthiest relationship in the universe is because they don't hog glory. They shift it. You see, when you praise the Father, he magnifies the Son. When you praise the Son, he magnifies the Holy Spirit. When you praise the Holy Spirit, he magnifies the Son again. They're always shifting glory. They don't do this to protect themselves. They do this to protect the relationship. You were made in the same collective. God created the sun, the moon. You know in Genesis from chapter 1, to 16. God is creating, but when it comes to creating you, it's said in verse 26, Genesis 1, let us make man in our own image. That means you were created in community. You were birthed from relationship. You were not birthed independent. Whatever and everything that has to do with your purpose and calling comes from relationship. Are we on the same page? It is difficult to talk about boundaries if we do not address broken identity. Are we on the same page? That's why the only entity and the only relationship that does not need any boundaries whatsoever is the Trinity. Because nobody is trying to hog glory. No one is trying to protect themselves. The purpose of boundaries is not that we protect each other. The purpose of boundaries is that we protect the relationship between each other. You don't know what dysfunctions I come from. There are boundaries that I've laid not to talk to certain people. That will actually be very good for me to do. So a lot of us have boundaries saying that I'm going to protect myself, but some of the stuff that you're protecting yourself from is actually good for you. You just don't want discomfort. Amen? Let us pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, holy be your name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is thy kingdom, thy power, and thy glory forever and ever. Amen. The oh, I want to start off in 1 Peter 2 verse 9. 1 Peter 2 verse 9. And I want to enter, I want to start off with identity. <laughs> it's, it's such a tricky thing, boundaries. <laughs> such a tricky thing. And obviously, we're talking about boundaries in regards to relationships, but it's so dangerous investing in boundaries. And I mean, we all read multiple books about boundaries. And a lot of time, it comes from the place. It comes from the place of I'm trying to protect myself from so-and-so. I'm trying to protect myself from a bad working environment. But I really want to just draw you up to know that the purpose of boundaries is that we protect the relationship that we have, that the relationships that God has given us. Let us read. Hmm. 1 Peter verse 2 verse 9 says, But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. 
Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. I'll read it again. Normally when a pastor says, I will read it again, he's, he's, he's trying to kill time because he's saying how long he... I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. I'll behave. <laughs> but you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession. Let's get into those identities. We are, we are a chosen people. That simply means that we do not belong... We've been taken out of the world. We've been taken out of a governing system that, is not, that, that does not enhance the kingdom. In Ephesians, when he says, uh, do not be transformed to the patterns of this world, but be, uh, 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 but be renewed, renewing your mind. The, the one thing, the next time you read that verse, I really want you to start asking the Holy Spirit. When you say patterns, it simply says the world has patterns. Ask the Holy Spirit, what patterns are you engaging in that are not of the kingdom? The way we govern ourselves should be different from the world. James 1.18 says he, he chose to give us birth through the word of truth that we might be the kind of first fruits of all he created. The second identity we have is we are royal priesthood. We are members of God's royal family. And Christ is our high priest. And you know when you are royalty, there's a certain behavioral pattern that you carry amongst you and you. Where, or how you conduct yourself when you are in different places. I don't know if any of you are, are, are part of a royal family. Please let us know after. We'd like to just sideline if you are part of a royal family. But whenever we've seen royalty and the way they walk, the way they wave, the way they greet people, even the posture that royalty has, when royalty enters a room, there's a presence about it. And this is part of our identity. We are a holy nation. So we have been sanctified and we have been set apart. Holy nation, and my apologies for those who are, who are taking notes, those four identities. We are chosen people. Number two, royal priesthood. Number three, we are a holy nation. We have been sanctified and now set apart. We are a holy nation. Holiness is not the absence of sin in your life. Holiness is the presence of God's Holy Spirit. Are we on the same page? Number four, God's special possession. God's special possession. We belong to someone. We belong to someone. Ephesians 2 verse 10 says, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. That is our, that is our identity. And now that we know our identity, boundaries are merely to protect... Boundaries are not merely just to protect us, but to protect our relationships. What relationships? When we put boundaries in our lives, it's to protect our relationship with God. It's, so it's to protect your relationship with Christ. It's to protect your relationship with believers. It's to protect your relationship with the world. That is why we put boundaries. To protect my relationship. I have, in my life, I have boundaries that protect my relationship. That protect my relationship with Christ. My wife is not here, ne? Oh, she's in. Oh, that means she's hearing me. Ah. <laughs> I was gonna share something, uh, um, but I've shared it before. I just didn't. Uh, I, whatever. Let me just share it. 
<laughs> so there was a time. Thank God for being in spiritual family. Thank God for being in spiritual family. When my wife and I were dating, and we were deep in the mcholo, we approached uh, um, Pastor Amy, Pastor Amy and Pastor Temba to help walk with us. Because we were freestyling. We don't know what these relationships are. You know, we say we're dating or in a Christian relationship, there's words such as courtship. If we're honest, people actually don't even know what those things mean. Uh, you know, until you enter actual a disciple relationship where you're accountable to spiritual covering. And, uh, and obviously me, it, I, I think it was also my, my first, my first uh, relationship, I guess, uh, uh, that worked well. Um, and the reason why I say that hesitantly is because I'm, you know, so, let's be honest. Some of us, you know, we don't have X's. We have Y's. Like, why did I ever? <laughs> oh, am I the only? Oh, okay, I'm the only one. Okay. So I had no conviction. I had no conviction about purity that was deep enough to keep me holy. And that's why I needed accountability. And then we spoke about certain boundaries. And I mean, guys, we're going to hear a lot of this as we go into relationships. So I spoke about a lot of boundaries. And my wife was the one who was more forth forthcoming. Generally, it is the woman who's always like, mm -mm, we're not doing that, you know. And uh, uh, so we brought out like, oh, in our relationship, do we kiss? Uh, you know, before we get married. Um, and I was like, you know, as a guy, you're like, what, what's God saying to you? Like, what's, which is a terrible answer as a guy, because as the man, you are the one who's meant to lead. Like, what's the Holy Spirit, you know, saying to you? And always my wife is like, no, no, we, we don't. Like, nothing, no blow kisses, no cheek, not, nothing. Like, no, nothing. And lo and behold, we did kiss. <laughs> and then I was so tired of the, of the confessions that would come to Amy and Tim, but I think it got to a point where I was like, ah, I'm tired of confessing, of confessing things. And what I realized was this. Because I had no conviction, I guess I thought I was fine. But a conversation I had with my wife at that particular time is she started hearing God less and less because we crossed a boundary. So just because I didn't have their conviction, it doesn't mean that the person I'm, you see, it's not a matter of protecting myself. I have to protect the relationship. And when you begin to protect a relationship, there are other relationships that are attached to that. So for those who are looking at dating, you are not just protecting yourself. You are protecting a relationship that that person has with God. If that person is struggling to hear God because you are crossing boundaries, be careful of that. You get my drift? One of the other, the reason why we also have boundaries is because we want to protect the relationship we have with other believers as well. We want to protect the relationship we have with, um, with other believers. While I was on campus, we had some people who had different types of boundaries. We'd go out for drinks, we'd go out, we'd go out, uh, 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 for, uh, 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 we'd go out to parties and that sort of thing, and we weren't doing anything hectic. But I realized that we were in the vicinity of some Christians who were younger than us. And I do not have a history with struggling with alcohol. You know, a couple of my close accountability friends, they do. So there's certain places they cannot go to. 
you know, one of the things you get to learn is that the best self-control, the people who have the strongest self-control are the ones who don't have to use it. <laughs> Amen? Amen. So those guys will tell me, no, Jude, me, I can't be in this. Let's meet there. Because I know that that's the cross that they are carrying. So when we go out with friends and young believers, so we'd go out with people who don't have an issue with alcohol, and they would have like a glass of wine over dinner. And then a young believer, certain young believers started to see that, oh, these are my older brothers and sisters. So that means, oh, we're allowed to drink in front of them. And they began to start ordering alcohol. And at the end of the night, people were, eh, let's just say we needed Jesus to turn it back to water fast. And the following day, we had to address the issue. The reason why we have boundaries, yes, you might have your freedom, but don't allow your freedom to cause others to sin. We don't know where we are at individually. A lot of people have deep biblical revelations about why they think alcohol uh, uh, is not wrong. And that's okay. But remember what we are guarding. We are guarding relationships. That's what we are guarding. We're not protecting ourselves. Be careful when you use boundaries for self-preservation. We do boundaries because we are guarding relationships. The third is we put boundaries in because we are guarding relationships and we are protecting relationships with the world. I always know your growth, and I'm not, I'm not afraid to say this, but I always know your spiritual growth by, by how many unsaved friends you have. If all your friends are Christian, ah, brother, what are we doing here now? There's too much light in your world. And you're wondering why you're growing. You, why you're not growing. If there's not enough unsaved people, if you have not configured your life to be in areas where people don't know Jesus, gyms, uh, um, hiking clubs, uh, uh, sports clubs, if, if you have not configured your life to be around people who don't know Christ, you, you're going to stunt your growth. You're going to stunt your growth. Do you know how you know when someone, when someone is always surrounded by Christian paraphernalia, Christian friends, they have the luxury to complain about church buildings. They have the luxury to complain about the pastor was off in that revelation. They have the luxuries to complain about, ah, oh, the band never sang my favorite song today. Can I go in there? Can I go? They have the, and this is the thing, they have the deepest revelations. <laughs> they have the deepest revelations from their quiet time. But when you ask them if they're in community, are you in a cell group? Are you in a connect group? Have you evangelized? Dololo. You don't want to get to a point where your knowledge is puffed up more than the ability of your character to sustain the kingdom in your area. We protect our boundaries to protect our relationship with the world. You begin to know your world. The reason why I say protect your relationship, protect your relationship with the world is because the world is looking at you. The world is looking at you all the time. Whether you like it or not, you are advertising wherever you go. And you don't want to cause someone to not come to Christ because of a behavioral pattern that you are, you are not dealing with. You, it, it must be normal when, the, when you invite a person to church, let them know that you are a Christian. A lot of us, we tend to say, you know what, there's this thing of preach the gospel and when you can, use words. No, man, stop it. That's not biblical. 
I'm still building relationally with the person. Because I don't want a Bible. Ba- Stop it. Stop it. Just be, be like me. Be like me. Just say you're scared. Just say you're scared. <laughs> Let's get it over and done with. Ask the Holy Spirit to empower you. I've, I've been a pastor not for long. But even till this day, I still tell the people I'm discipling, I get nervous when I go preach the gospel. I'm not ashamed to say it. Just say, I, I'm scared. They know me too much. I'm known there. I can't just go. It's okay. Rather do that than fake the funk. Amen? Amen. Now we get into, now I want us to get into what boundaries enhance. Boundaries enhance value. You see, we cannot speak of boundaries without, in, without speaking of value. The reason why a lot of our houses that we live in in Johannesburg have high walls and electric fences is because you are guarding something. You have a boundary line because there's something of value and importance that is in your property. Amen? Amen. And the, one of the highest commodities that boundaries, one of the highest commodities <laughs> that boundaries guard is freedom. A lot of people say safety. No. When you're in your house, you've put those boundaries up because you want to feel safe, right? Do you know why you want to feel safe? So you can be free. You don't want to be always looking out the yard to see what sus- suspicious car that is. You don't want to always be looking out and being tense, like, oh, who's passing by? The reason why you create safety is for freedom. Boundaries enhance value. Genesis chapter 2 verse 15 says, The Lord took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to work it and take care of it. And the Lord commanded the man, You are free to eat from any tree in the garden, but you must not eat from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. You see how the first command that Adam and Eve received was be free. That's the first thing they were be free. And immediately after be free, they were given a boundary. But do not, (laughs) but do not eat from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. But do not eat from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Boundaries enhance value. A lot of us will speak about boundaries. You cannot talk, you cannot talk about boundaries and not speak about value. It's like talking about, it's basically talking about a barren land that's covered by a beautiful fence. We protect what we value. We protect what we value. The reason why I enhance the relationships or the boundaries or the, even the levels of accountability in my marriage is because I'm protecting the value of my My marriage is valuable. My marriage is valuable. There are certain things I just cannot get away with. <laughs> and unfortunately, and I'm speaking to the men in, in, in here, uh, the more restrictions I have as a man who's under authority, the more freedom my family has. Forget trying to get freedom for yourself. That boat has sailed. Bye-bye. The reason why we are the bride of Christ, who's our husband, Jesus. Jesus came and left his crown, came here to be you so you can have freedom. This is the part they don't cover in premarital, premarital counseling. That as the man, you don't have rights. Rights means you're alive, but biblically, you are meant to be dead. Are we on the same page? 
Guys, that thing frustrated me. Let me I'm, the, I'm in the same boat with you. It frustrated me. And the worst thing is I have people like Temba, Malaba, Kaya, Tsangim. All of you lied to us. Malabas, you lied to us. Tsangimbos, you lied to us. Tamisai, fine. La all the people with fruitful marriages, you lied to us. Kulani, lied to us. This is the stuff that we wish was given, was told. Because now you enter marriage and, hey, people are telling you, Jude, why, are you, why aren't you at home at six? I'm like, no, I'm just still at the gym. No, family time starts at six. Your family is the most important thing, not your extracurricular activities. Fields, you lied to us. You lied to us. I put boundaries and restrictions because I, there's value in my life that God has given me. There's certain rights I don't have. When we start, a lot of you are going to start dating soon. I know some of you are like, yes, Jesus, please, quickly. <laughs> but it's important to know your value and the value of the relationship that God has placed in you. So you know what boundaries to place. Not your preferences. Not your preferences. Your preferences change. The value of a kingdom relationship. Boundaries enhance the way, boundaries enhance focus. Boundaries enhance, that's number two, boundaries enhance focus. Number one was boundaries enhance value. Number two, boundaries enhance focus. Boundaries enhance focus. When our relationship with my wife and I was still undefined, you know that beginning phase of romance, like, like I would send her, she's, my WhatsApp is the last one she reads before she goes to sleep. And, uh, but nothing has been said yet. And then I send her, we're doing this text message to and fro, you know, good morning, how are you doing, how's your day? Oh, in the evening, hey, how was your day? Are you, you know, how are you doing? Oh, no, no, I was going through a tough time, don't worry. You have all these powerful, encouraging words. Guys, there's, when you're in that romantic time there, Yo, you give powerful prophetic words to the, to the girl you're pursuing. You don't even need to pray. You're just deep in it. You're like, don't worry. You know, you're the, you're the head, not the tail. You know, God has a plan for you. I know that exam coming on Tuesday. You know, you're anxious. But you know what? I'm going to bring you some. Uh, afterwards, I'll bring you some coffee and cake. And you, we're just going to celebrate what God is doing. You, you are deep in it. Come marriage, you need people like Timber to remind you, have you had date night? Have you had date night this week? Have you had date night this week? In that undefined phase where we didn't know what we were, <coughs> my wife asked me the most powerful question you can ever ask a man who's running away from commitment. Jude, what are we doing here? What are we doing here? Let me help you out. If you are in an undefined thing, thing happening and that person asks you that question and says, listen, what are we doing? You better marry that person quick. That is the person you want to marry. Somebody who's not afraid of having this delusion thing of intimacy with that commitment thing. Somebody who has proper boundaries, who has values in their lives. They're not just going to allow any guy to come in and do undefined things. Intimacy without commitment is the cornerstone of entanglements. Boundaries enhance focus. 
when you have boundaries, you become a lover of truth more than a lover of comfort. You are utmost. When I see people with healthy boundaries, they are, they, they are consumed by clarity. <laughs> they are consumed by clarity. A lot of us, when we are in undefined things, we are waiting for clarity. I'm just waiting on God to just tell me what's happening with Sbanban. I'm just seeking God to tell me what's... No, 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 no. People who have healthy relations and healthy boundaries, they are consumed with clarity. What does it mean to be consumed with clarity? They don't wait for clarity, they generate clarity. How do you generate clarity? By asking questions. What is happening here? What are we doing here? Even when they're in the workspaces, they ask, what is the purpose of why we're having this meeting? See that those people who tend to irritate a lot of people, when they always, th those are the people. Why are we doing? Because they know time is a commodity. I, I, I remember my wife, my wife telling me when we were dating, no, this is my last relationship. I'm not, I'm not 22. I'm not 22. I'm not trying to feel out what's happening. So please quickly make up your mind. What are we doing here? Yo, I saw the walls closing in. Yo, the shirt got tied. And it put me in a position where I had to take responsibility and take account, yeah, and, and be accountable. Amen? That's right. That's right. Boundaries enhance focus. In Hebrew chapter 12, verse 1 says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders, that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. See, entanglements were known even back in the day in, he, in, this, in Hebrew times. You see, it's said here. People are having entanglements that side. Bro. I'm telling you, don't be fooled. They, didn't have, they, weren't, they weren't just wearing curtains and flip-flops from butter sandals. They had entanglements here. Look. Sin that easily entangles. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Mm -hmm. mm. Let us run. And I mean, guys, if you want to have, that's a problem when you're in a church with people who know your history and your mileage. If you think I'm lying, there, there's no Christine in them here who were with us on campus back in the day. <laughs> um, yes. Boundaries enhance focus. Number three, boundaries enhance the way we love. Mark chapter 12, verse 28. One of the teachers of the law came and heard them debating. Noticing that Jesus had given them a good answer, he asked him, of all the commandments, which is the most important? The most important one, answered Jesus, is this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. The second is this. Love your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment greater than these. Love the Lord with all your heart, but you must love the Lord with all your heart. Let me just read that part again. The most important one Jesus answered is, Hear, O Israel, love the, Lord with, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. Love the Lord God with all your heart. You want to have healthy relationships? Show me the boundaries you have for your heart. Because you can't love with all your heart if your heart isn't healthy. 
with all your with all your soul. Show me the boundaries you have with what enters your soul in and out. Show me what, what you consume on a daily basis. With all your mind, show me your thought patterns. If we don't have boundaries for the way we think, boundaries, boundaries for what enters our heart, what we consume, what we consume, then it's difficult for us, it's difficult to, to love God with everything that makes up our being. With all your strength. See, a lot of people don't touch on strength. With all your strength. There is a level of capability that you have with your energy. Strength is energy. The highest resource you have, I've realized as a parent, the highest resource I have is not time. It's energy. I can sit with my child and say I have time for them and watch TV for three hours. And I said I've spent time with them. But spending energy is different. Spending energy means going out, taking them out to a park, and making sure my focus is on them as we're playing. There's no other entity that's trying to take away from that energy. My whole full energy is focused on them. And I realize that an hour in the park with my kids is like four hours watching TV. The difference is I'm engaged with them. I'm engaged with them. Some of you need to audit the type of strength and energy you have before you start putting multiple things on your plate. There are certain things you're not doing very well because you're all over the place. I had to speak to a, a close friend of mine who was serving in multiple ministries. And I'm like, no, bro. <laughs> no, bro. You are in ushering. You are, uh, 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 you are ushering hosting. You are also in, uh, uh, after, uh, you are in the prayer team. And you're also serving outside as well. And there are times where you're also on door greeting duty. And then you come for three prayer meetings during the week. And then you can, bro, your kids are going to hate ministry if you continue like this. Because too much of your time is being consumed by things of God, but home is suffering. Remember, your, your, your choices are not between what's good and what's bad. Your choices are between what's good and what's good for you. What season are you in? What is God calling you to do in this season before you put multiple things on your plate? Are we on the same page? Love the Lord with all your heart, all your soul, with all your mind, and all your strength. Boundaries enhance the way we love. If I have clear-cut boundaries, clear-cut boundaries on, 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 on how I govern my home, there are some guys you can't call on date night. That was such a foreign concept to me. It's like, no, don't call me on Wednesday. Me and my wife, you know, it's Cupcake Tuesday. I'm going to lick the bowl and everything. <laughs> don't call me. Don't call me on Wednesday. I'm not available. I'm not available. It's like, no, but with this, no, I'm not available at all. And then now, it's like, and they'll even tell you, like, oh, we think of playing soccer. And they're like, no, go, go ask my wife. Because they know the answer to that. And we laugh at them. We're like, ah, oh, bro, come on, bro. You the man, lead. You see that, that statement? You the man, lead your house. That's a dangerous statement. <laughs> we are the ones who put boundaries and we enforce. My wife goes, my wife knows what's important but by what I have made important. Even after church, there are certain days of the week we can't even go to his house. 
The guy has hectic boundaries. And he's playing the long game. We may not like him now, but he's, he's, trying to, he's trying to edify a healthy wife and healthy kids so he never has issues 10 years from now. So I don't hate his hustle. I'm do you. It enhanced, boundaries in his life has enhanced the way he loves his kids and loves his wife. Boundaries have enhanced the way some of my friends who are single, they've enhanced the way they love the, the relationships that God has placed in their lives right now. Because I can tell you now, the one thing I, I, I feel like I could have done more is invested more in boundaries before I got married. So for the singles who are here, it's difficult to protect if you don't know what's valuable. And you are not going to value those things when that person comes. I can guarantee you. That's what I told myself before I got married. And I should have listened to Temba and Amy. <laughs> Boundaries create freedom. That's what they do. Boundaries create freedom. They allow, they allow you to love people wholeheartedly. They allow you to love God wholeheartedly. They allow you to love the world wholeheartedly. The reason why we have boundaries in our lives is not to protect ourselves. It's to protect our relationship with Christ, our relationship with believers, and our relationship with the world. You are here on a mission. You are here on a mission not just to get married. You are here on a mission. I hear a lot of, it's so strange that even within a marriage context, when it comes to independence, we invest so much in independence and being strong, you know, and being independent from each other. And it, the stats are remarkable that the most loneliest people now are in, are, are in relationships. And you're like, how? Oh, why, why is it the most loneliest people are the ones in relationships? And then you speak to people who are separated and like, ooh, thank you, Jesus. I'm like, ah, what's happening here? <laughs> what's happening here? And it's that. You could be being in a relationship, it's not going to fix your loneliness issues. It will not. <laughs> it will not. Adam was alone before Eve came. He wasn't lonely. He had a relationship with God, and he was living his best life and living his purpose. Yes, he was. When Eve rocked up, he didn't know he needed Eve. God told him he needed Eve. Imagine. Adam didn't know. He's like, no, I'm going to make you a suitable helper. I'm going to make you a suitable helper. For the men out there who are single, please make sure that you and God talk about whatever you are working on so there's something for the lady to help with. She's not the main thing of the relationship. She's come to help. What is she helping with? Single ladies, when you, when Uputsbanban or Brother Romeo rocks up, don't ask yourself, are we suitable companions? Ask yourself, what am I here to help with? That's how you know whether you're called to be here or not. What am I here to help? What are you doing? Oh, you're not doing anything? Uh, next, alt, control, delete. Stay away. If there's nothing to help with, stay away. Amen? 
let me land this plane. So where you are right now, where you are right now, and whatever God is speaking to you about, let's try to avoid trying to put boundaries into to, to protect ourselves. Think of the relationships that God has placed in you. Your number one chief relationship is your relationship with Christ. Are there any boundaries with your relationship with Christ? Has God put any desire in you in how you can, in how you can serve other believers? Serve where you are in your local church. The practicality of that, the next question I'll ask you is, are you in a connect group? Your purpose is within other, your purpose is when you are surrounded in community by other believers. And number three, your relationship with the world. There's, there's a reason why you work in that office park. There's a reason why you're part of that running club. There's a reason why you're part of that hiking club. How is your relationship with the world? Let's become outreach focused more than trying to protect ourselves. Amen? Amen. Stand with me. Let's pray. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I ask that you'd illuminate Holy Spirit. Illuminate Holy Spirit as we get into the next couple of weeks of this relay of situationships, Lord God. Define the relationships around us, Father God. Define relationships around us, Father. Holy Spirit, bring bring images, Holy Spirit, even bring faces, Father God of people that you want us to be in relationship with that will help our growth to get to know you more or people you want us to just step away from. Help us to be vigorous in guarding our relationship with you. Holy Spirit, we ask that you'd illuminate the boundaries that we need to set up in our relationship with other believers, our brothers and sisters. How can we serve them better, Lord? Illuminate areas, Father God, of, 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 of even working on our gifts and talents so we can serve other believers, Lord. And Lord, help us to be missional. Help us to be missional. A lot of us have put high boundaries in reaching the world. Lord, please illuminate. Are we supposed to have those boundaries? <laughs> you called us to reach out. You want people to come to the knowledge of you. Show us the healthy boundaries when it comes to being in the world and reaching out and advancing your kingdom. Illuminate those truths. So we come before you, Holy Spirit. We say yes and amen. Where we've made things, where we've, we've geared our spiritual life to be more about what we gain, where we have turned around, where we are chasing goodness and mercy, when mercy and goodness is meant to be chasing us, we repent of that, Lord. Help us to make the main thing the main thing. Lord Jesus, you came that people may know life and life more abundantly. In areas where we've protected, where we've, where we've increased the value of our own comfort more than the advancements of your kingdom, Lord God, we repent right now, Lord. Where we have not honored certain relationships, Lord God, we repent right now, Father God. Where we've burnt bridges, where we've hurt people, we repent right now, Lord God. Lord, I call upon the ability, the ability to forgive. Where also people have hurt us and crossed our boundaries, Lord, we bring, we bring their faces right now to you, Lord, and we release them into your hands. We choose to forgive.
we choose to forgive because you forgave us first. So we say yes and amen, Lord. Holy Spirit, sensitize us to what you are doing in our lives when it comes to boundaries. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And if there's any of you who've, who've maybe you felt that you've, your relationship with God right now has been on the rocks, I'd like to actually call upon the prayer team to just come to the front. And you want to just receive prayer. You want to renew your relationship with God. Maybe you're going through a hard time and you just, you know, you said you and, you and God parted ways, but you feel that God is calling you back. And for those who do not have a relationship with Christ and you want us to pray with you and you, you, you want to receive Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior of your life, um, after the service, I want to just give you an opportunity to come up in the front that we may pray with you. Lord, we just thank you for this time, Lord. We thank you for what you're doing in our lives, Lord. May you be praised, may you be worshipped at all costs in our lives. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thank you, church. Have a good day.